Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Mira, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the Sydney market. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange. I'm super excited to be joined by Somi, Engineering Manager at Atlassian, Dom, Senior Engineering Manager at NIB Group, and Vasanth, Director of Engineering at OFX, to discuss what makes a good leader. Before we delve deeper into the topic, I'll get everyone to introduce themselves. So, Somi, did you want to kick things off for us, please? Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us and listening to this podcast. Uh, my name is Somi Ayazi. I am an engineer manager within Atlassian. I work in one of the team as part of JSM. Jira Service Management is a product that, one of the products that Atlassian has, and I'm working with one of the teams. I've got a team of 10 people. And we are working on a very exciting uh, project. So we are enabling or bringing intelligence to JSM. So we are adding the, the smart and intelligence capability to um, JSM product. Stay tuned for that. Uh, there will be some cool stuff out of that. Um, and AI is something that I'm passionate about. And on the side, I am helping um, with three other of my friends to set up and run a global AI podcast. So we'll talk about AI anywhere that AI can uh, impact our day-to-day life. So this is my passion and I got lucky to be working on a project in my main job that is kind of related to AI. Love it, that's amazing, thank you so much. And Dom. Hey, so I'm Dom, I'm a Senior Engineering Manager at NIB. Uh, So uh, I'm in the Conversational Experiences team, so we're responsible for the voice bots, chat bot, contact center. Um, basically, if you want to speak to someone, it's through our team. Um, so we own all the tech in that space and the products as well. Um, so I manage a number of squads consisting of um, software engineers, application support, uh, data analysts, and then uh, with my partner, uh, product manager, we also have product design and business analysts as well. Um, I guess one of my passions and why I'm in my current role is uh, customer service automation. So basically looking to um, redo the customer service experience and uh, make it so much better than what it has been historically. Uh, NIB has taken some big transformation steps in the last couple of years. And so um, looking to continue doing that. Amazing. Thank you, Dom. And Vasant, over to you. Thanks, Mira. Nice to meet you all and good to be in the podcast. Uh, Asant, I'm currently the engineering director at OFX, uh, a cross-border payments firm. Uh, I look after the uh, core capabilities uh, engineering at OFX, which comprises of um, uh, payments, transactions, data engineering, and site reliability engineering. Um, I come from a software engineering background, uh, um, started as a software engineer, then moved into startup and consulting and the enterprise and eventually grown into management and leadership. Uh, I'm passionate about uh, software architecture and, and engineering practices and uh, helping uh, teams uh, build uh, uh, efficient software and uh, build and maintain uh, efficient software. Thank you so much. And we will kick things off. So thanks everyone for the introduction. So firstly, a question put forward by Dom, which we're keen to discuss is how do you bring the best out of individuals in your team? So over to you, Dom. Yeah, so I guess um, having, I guess, started, so I started at NIB, um, I didn't lead anyone. I was just a, like a software engineer and now I've got uh, like three squads and uh, quite a few people who sort of report into me or my team leaders and that sort of stuff. And 
what I've felt was the biggest and most rewarding component was around uh, having uh, bringing the best out people. So I had a lot of internal transfers from other parts of the business move into my into my team, and they moved for opportunity. They moved for you know, the chance to progress themselves or their career or to work on different tech. Um, and that was great when I had like two or three people, you know, obviously can focus and, and, and do all that sort of stuff. And then now we're scaling, we're 10, 15, 20 people, that sort of thing um, is still having that, um, still having that ability to ensure that every person in your team has the ability to, to grow as an individual and grow as part of the team and, and, and feel like they're um, adding value and that sort of thing. And so um, I suppose I make it like part of almost everything I do is making sure that every person is included to you know, have that opportunity to do their full potential and um, removing, I guess, obstacles or barriers or providing them opportunities to, you know, to show their abilities and that sort of thing. And so um, for me personally, it's been like, it's been one of the hardest things to continually maintain that momentum and not just do it for like a year or six months, but, you know, I've been doing it for four years now and still having to sort of, I guess, rem- you know, remind myself over and over again, I'll make sure that everyone is still, been able to, you know, have, do their best and that sort of thing. So I'm, you know, kind of keen to sort of, you know, hear, you know, how everyone else sort of does that or, you know, what has worked for them, what hasn't worked. Um, and, some, you know, some learnings. I had some pretty rough start uh, in some of the space and, and, and that sort of thing, having to clear a few roadblocks and making some pretty uh, tough decisions initially. Um, but I grew heaps more as a result. And I feel like my the people who you know, work with me and I like to think that they have a, a good environment to operate in and try new stuff. So, um, yeah, like I'm sort of keen to sort of understand a little bit more around uh, you know, how other people have sort of uh, done that in their space. It's a echo Tom's point there. Um, I think one of the things that sort of I, I see working or ethically well is trying to find out you know, what motivates people, like, you know, what are they passionate about, you know, what, what are their interests, you know, using one-on-one or informal catch-ups, I think you can sort of get to pick up, like, you know, where, where, where they're heading, where, where, where they get excited about, and, you know, and sort of help connect that to a business problem, or right? let's say, um, you, you could be, um, uh, you could have hundreds of challenges that are out there for anyone to solve, but, you know, linking someone who's motivated to solve the problem, uh, brings in you know the best out of that individual. Say um, one thing I, I sort of uh, I looked at recently is there are there are a few individuals, uh, especially from a software background. Um, they're awesome programmers and, and engineers. They build things, but there'll be quite a few who are passionate about you know process improvements, which is quite unheard of I mean, from an engineering perspective. Mm-hmm. So you know when you tap into those sort of passion from from those individuals and if you see a gap in the business that you know the process could be improved i think connecting those dots like you know this individual could help us improve the process i think you know we can bring bring them to best um uh, the similar thing i, I sort of uh, noticed recently is with uh, with an engineer who's um, super passionate about documentation right this is one of the hardest uh, challenges i'm sure as, as as leaders and managers in your own uh, Form, you know, you know the challenges of uh, you know keeping documentation up to date. So, um, I, I quite find you know individuals who are passionate about writing documentation and 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 and, and tapping those those individuals and then bringing them to to a business problem or a technology problem here uh, definitely brings brings the best. Mm-hmm. I can share my two cents as well. I'm fairly new in this environment. As I said, I'm learning as I tackle um, every uh, everything in my role. Uh, but what I found out is no solution um, fits all. So I guess every person and every individual is different and they have different needs and different like 
career growth or path. And what I started doing, and I hope I'm doing a good job, I'm not sure I have to get feedback from my team, but what I, I, I try to see each individual as their own individual. So I try to create that relationship between each individual and see what they need, what they don't, and how I can facilitate and help them to get where they are. Um, so I treat them like differently based on their needs. One thing that I recently, um, there was a workshop called Strange um, uh, and Values Workshop, which I recently attended, which I really do suggest you do that. It is to first understand what areas, what area of strength you have, and then assess yourself based on there are like 34 strange areas that you can be part of. You can like kind of identify if you're like strategy thinking, influencer, executor, or relationship builder. You can find out where you sit in those areas. You can see which strength you have. And also at the same time, you can see the, the weaknesses that you have. So I've done myself, I'm trying, I'm planning to implement the same thing or maybe um, suggest the same thing to my team members to maybe go through that and do that self-assessment to see where they are. Uh, one thing that I learned from that workshop was focus on the strength of the people and gradually try to reduce the gap or improve the weaknesses or use that strength to fill the gap on the weaknesses that you have. Not to forget about the weaknesses, but maybe capitalize the strength of your team members. If you see a team member is good with mentorship, maybe, hey, delegate something to that team members because that's where that person can evolve and help out. And that will keep them motivated. Um, and also the same goes with the people with like a different type of, like every every strange also you have to like, we have to find a way to be able to help them. But what I think I do, first I'll ask that individual, what can I do to help you? Is there anything that you would like to do and do you want me to create that opportunity for you? I guess that engaging conversation will help out and I kind of ask them to help me to help them. So you know what I mean? So I guess that I'm still working on it. I'm not saying that I've got a perfect solution. But to one Asana uh, one points, there, there's always a, like, it's good to have like a structure. So if there's a career growth structured for your company, you can use that. And then based on that, you can like cater for different um, individual needs as per se. You brought an interesting point about, you know, uh, everyone brings a different perspective. And then you know, I think as a leader, I think one of the things that we could we could do uh, is providing a safe space, right? Like say, um, different individuals have, you know, very various lived experience from, you know, uh, it could be the, the upbringing, the type of organization they worked and technology that they used, et cetera. Uh, but everyone comes with the, their own, you know, um, unique unique perspective of things. So I think providing, providing a, a safe space uh, where they can openly, you know, um, uh, share their thinking uh, and share their ideas and and uh, so that it doesn't they don't feel like you know they they are uh, challenging the status quo if you will like you know they, it's every everything is every feedback is welcome every idea is welcome uh, and i think providing that safe space uh, uh, definitely has a much broader impact on on, on, on individuals than we when we, we normally uh, think yeah. 100%. I yeah. trust that um, safe space. Otherwise, they won't feel share. They won't feel safe sharing what areas they are lacking and the things that they need to improve. So, 100%. I trust that creating that yeah. share and safe from, environment. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I think it comes from the, the top down, right? So we, uh, at least at NIB, um, our failures are acknowledged. You know, from the board, from the CEO down, right? So there is no, um, like 
you know, if you fail, we, it's always having a shot, right? So we gave it a shot and we gave it our all and it didn't work out. Well, what do we learn from it and how do we move forward from it? And I think uh, that, at least from what I've seen, that operates at every level, you know, from from myself all the way up to you know, to, the, to the board and that sort of stuff. And so um, that is quite liberating, I guess, because people will put, you know, some pretty wild ideas forward and that sort of stuff. And, um, uh, and, and, and if they've got legs, they'll, they'll run. If they don't, that's fine as well because we've given it a shot. And as long as, you know, obviously if there's some business values, you know, some reason behind why we're doing it, then, you know, um, everyone's got that, you know, that safe space, as you said, to, to challenge. And I think that's what's super liberating is that people can have that autonomy to sort of come up with their own ideas and that sort of stuff and, and put forward some ideas on how to solve that business outcome. And I think um, that's at least what we try to do where we are is that we try to empower the people who are, you know, the business experts. And so a lot of the time, a lot of the tech, you know, we've got the experts in the field who know exactly how this stuff should work best and right, that sort of thing. And so, you know, the bit, you know, other parts of that group will come to us going, hey, we've got this problem. And they won't dictate how to solve it. They'll just go, this is the problem. You tell us how to get there, right? And so that's so much more liberating as an engineer and as a, as a team and as just general people, right? Is that you're valued on your on your skills, right? Everyone has a particular set of skills that they have, and I think that's um, that's so it's so vital because then uh, you're not sort of just like oh you know that's an order taker and just like oh I just do this, I just do this, I just do this. It's like no, I've got these problems to solve, and they'll respect you know the solution I put forward. And I think that's um, I think that's super critical uh, to have uh, at a company level, at a team level, um, at a leadership level, obviously as well to foster that sort of um, that sort of mindset and that sort of thing. Um, I'm keen to understand as well, like obviously everyone has individual, um, you know, I, I agree 100% around the individual, you know, understanding what individual people want. I've had some people who just literally do not want growth. They're just like, I'm happy where I am. I've been working for 30 years. Like, this is great. Um, but I've seen them sometimes. I'm like, oh, you have so much more to, to offer to, you know, the team or to to yourself and that sort of thing. And um, for me, that was, that was one of my biggest challenges was trying to, crack that shell of someone to sort of go, hey, you've actually got so much more uh, knowledge and experience that can be imparted on on people. And for me, it was, I spent so much time trying to work out how I could get that happening. Um, and in the end, it sort of was just like, well, if I'm going to bring someone in over the top and they're going to do exactly what you're already doing, or you can just take that title and, and, and run for it yourself. And um, yeah, they ended up sort of, I sort of, secretly behind the scenes basically put them into that role but without telling them i sort of just been like oh just do this just do that and they were like oh of course <laughs> like, you know that was naturally what they wanted and then i think i was like oh well surprise you've already been doing this role and so it was you know just that sort of mindset of going oh i don't want to be that because it has all these sort of preconceptions right and so i ended up just sort of going well let's just you know i took and i took some of that myself you know there was some stuff that the person didn't want to do from a role perspective and i said that's fine i'll take it off your plate but if we took those bits what's left it's all the bits you want to do right and so um I'm, I'm curious to see like how you engage with people who potentially don't want necessarily growth they're just happy exactly where they are it's an it's a, it's an interesting uh, you know problem to solve as a, as a leader and manager isn't it um i i have uh, come across a fair few uh, of those you uh, know individuals um i think um one thing I, I I would definitely you know suggest is they have that experience of what um, you know what not to do at least right like what not to do right they've been around for too long mm -hmm. uh, they've seen things and I think you know as a leader we should and we can appreciate you know the the, the learnings that they had um, you know uh, which would help us like in in some form of you know avoiding the trap like you know 
in, in most cases, building software uh, hasn't vast is hasn't changed drastically in the last 15 years, right? You know, um, we, we sort of changed some architecture patterns. You know, moved from you know on-premise to cloud, uh, but we the, the fundamental premise of building software is still 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 the same uh, to certain parts. So I think you know tapping those individuals um, uh, and, and I'm sort of surfacing that you know uh, the the learnings that they that they had and then what what to do and what not to do. Um, obviously, this other point I think I, uh, it definitely helped in, in, in especially in my case with a couple of individuals is be um, sort of you know uh, positive about you know uh, approaching these things. Uh, uh, some individuals may have uh, gone through a different phase you know in their career, so they have a different view of you know how all all of these things operate. Uh, probably, you know, uh, one thing I, I tend to do is, you know, uh, provide them a, a sort of different perspective of leadership. Okay, maybe you may be exposed to certain environment or certain type of, you know, building software or or, or, or firm, but this is different, you know, and, and be open about it and, and you know, welcome, you know, constructive conversation. Uh, in that way, I feel like they, they open up, right? And they open up, like what what's makes them think that they can't do something else, right? Or pick up something new, say, uh, just that little bit. Uh, there's also, you know, once you have like, you know, like, let's say in a in a in a pool of hundred engineers, if eighty or ninety of them are already in that space, then moving the rest is much easier. Uh, I think indirectly it may be forced. You don't need to do it, but it, you know, indirectly it happens. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend that as the first resort, but definitely it helped. You know, in some cases where if most of the individuals have moved on to to uh, you know seeing things differently, then the rest will just follow. Yeah. And Sammy, any thoughts there as well? Um, I was going to ask a question, but um, I will um, change that and maybe rephrase that question. I guess this is this is a very interesting thing to have. Uh, it's interesting to problem as a leader, as a manager to have. One thing that I noticed, um, I guess I was listening and I was, it was really interesting to hear like the tips and that, that maybe the tricks how to like help that person or um, in, even though they are pushing back, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to grow. I'm happy where I am. Leave me alone. Go and work on somebody else's career growth profile. I, I don't. I'm happy. Uh, even though as a manager, you feel kind of obligated, and uh, you you want to help that person in the ways that maybe they don't want to be helped. It's not that they maybe they don't see they uh, they worth. Um, I guess the the example that you brought up, Dom, was like working with a person who's like has like 30 years experience. So it's like even age wise, I've worked with people that they are. I'm asking for advice sometimes and it's going to be very hard for me to like maybe turn the table and see, hey, if there's anything I can help you with. But in general, I guess um, maybe we can start with something little. Um, let's say if that person has a good experience technical wise, let's start, hey, can you maybe share some knowledge or do some knowledge sharing session with the team? Can you mentor our um, new graduate or newcomers can you help in those areas so without knowing and again doing as part of what he does maybe i'm not sure if that works in that case but maybe they can like um tackle and be good at the areas that they haven't done it maybe by starting knowledge sharing i don't know the public is for something that is aside from what they do day to day that might motivate them but then again i guess it goes back down to the person and their personality what they want to do but definitely it happens to me there were a case that I'm happy with them. Even even some of the incentives, more money. If you grow, eventually you will get a different title. Eventually you get better paid. And I got answered. No, I'm happy with what I'm getting. 
I don't want to grow. I'm happy because if I grow, there will be more responsibilities. I don't want to get there. So I'm hearing those like pushbacks. It's very interesting. Yes, to this day, I'm not sure how to like deal with those cases. I'm keen to hear your thoughts around that side. But I guess um, everybody's every person is needs a different way of like yeah has different helping. motivations. Yes. The thing is like find out like you know finding out what they are skeptical about like why why are they in that car or like why like you know as much as possible. You know, um, you could apply different, you know, method method to sort of find out. I think once you sort of crack that, you know, why why they are there and what's stopping them, I think that's one way. And at the end of the day, some individual, it's okay to leave them as as they are, right? Yeah. You know, you know, the, the personal circumstances can be different. You know, they they're happy with where they are. Um, but as a leader, we always want you know people to you know grow and and then sort of you know um, uh, elevate them as much as possible. Because you see uh, that they have they they have the potential. Yes. That's why like yeah. it gives yeah. you to like push them because you see yeah. their potential and you want to yeah. get them to recognize that. Absolutely. Yeah. A really great point there. Yeah. You brought up Dom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just, I was just curious because yeah, I, it was one of the weird ones I had because everyone else was like, oh, I want to grow, and this person was like, no, I'm very happy exactly where I am, and I don't want to do anything, and I was like, why? I'm like, oh, not interested. Just Leave me alone. And it was more that responsibility <laughs> thing. It was just like they were like, oh no, I don't want to deal with that responsibility of, you know, you know, you know, progressing higher and that sort of thing. And they had seen other people go to that level and it not necessarily as good as what they thought it was and that sort of thing and um yeah i think that was why i was sort of almost that trial period i had to basically go let's just you know behind the scenes i was like oh, i'll just give you a lot of responsibility and then once i had shown that they had already been doing it i still had put them on a like a secondment before they went into it so like, it was it. Just, like <laughs> so nice fun. yeah no amazing and yeah definitely a good point to bring up and something um important to discuss and i think everyone brought brought forward some great points. Um, does move us on nicely, I guess, to Somi's question around how to be a multiplier as a manager or a leader within your team and help your team members become one themselves. Yeah, I can take that one. We kind of discussed it briefly in, with the previous um, topic, but um, multiplier, I guess, as we all know, is uh, the people who encourage maybe growth and creativity of people around them. So if um, I don't see only leader needs to do that. I'll see every individual, if they are the individual uh, contributed, they have the potential to be the multiplier. And if that happens, they can have an impact on the role that they're holding, like uh, on the culture of the team. So they can be a very good, um, I don't, I think it will be a very good factor for every individual contributor to have. And I guess if we help first us as a leader become a multiplier and help our team members to become one, I guess that's uh, that's going to be very Interesting, but how to get there, how to encourage them, I guess that's a question that I have and I'm keen to hear Dom's and what's on our um, points on that one. But um, I had like, as I said, I'm thinking, I don't know, if I can have an impact on the culture of my team, the team, if I can improve the teamwork, if I can improve the processes that we have on day to day. It's not part of my job description, but if I can maybe see this process is not optimum, if we can make a small change and make it better and improve the performance. It could be any areas within the world that I can, I can do, and that can be considered as a multi, multiplier. So any, the simple step may have a large impact. So I guess if we encourage the team members to become one, I guess that will help. But um, I'm here, I'm keen to hear Dom's and Hassan's input on that side. 
Yeah. So I think like the multiplier one. So as I said, I started with no people. Just like it was myself, one other engineer, and we mm-hmm. just had you know a little patch of grass, and now we're you know, running the whole whole show and that sort of thing. And I think um, I think the thing I've tried to maintain while we've scaled and as the teams have grown into squads and, and that sort of stuff, and they have their own reports and that sort of thing, um, is that autonomy. So um, removing layers of, uh, I guess, process, I guess, and that sounds sort of bad, I guess, but um, they get to, they own their own decisions. So they own their own processes. You know, they don't have to check with, you know, five different people before they do something, um, and so obviously, you know, an intern isn't going to go ahead and deploy changes to production, right? But um, they will when they've got that, they've been taught and they, and, and they learn that and they understand how the, you know, they pair. And we do a lot of pairing, I guess, is the other thing as well. So we, everyone pairs most of the time. So we do pair programming about 50% of the time. Uh, and uh, we found that to be super good for, I guess, knowledge sharing and documentation because one person will be doing it, other person's, you know, writing it down at the same time. And so you sort of clear through that. But I think, um, yeah, we've really, I guess, I always get into the question, why are you doing that? Like, what value does it add by doing it? And sometimes I'll be doing a meeting or a kickoff meeting. And like, why are you doing it? Like, you just did that same task again last week and everyone knows how it works. You don't need to do that just because that's how we do a new ticket. We kick it off. If you don't need to do a kickoff, don't do it, right? And so I guess it's that critical thinking of always getting them to, to, to check why they're doing something, you know, and who they need to speak to. Do they need to speak to people or is it, can they communicate themselves? And I think it's, um, there isn't, and we have like, you know, all comms sort of try and go through a central point, but at the same time, they have that direct relationship with whoever they're working with and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So they don't go through myself, for example, they don't go through one of our business analysts or that sort of thing. They all just speak, you know, with the, the person uh, directly. And I think that now allows them to, allows us to ship so much work out because, you know, we don't have, you know, bottlenecks, right? So someone can be away or two people can be away and everything just keeps going. Like, and I suppose that's, you know, the classic, you know, we sort of build the build the teams to be like, like half of them can hit, be hit by a bus and no one would know, right? Because everything just keeps going. And so that's how we try to build our teams and our squads and our processes that there's not a single point of failure anywhere in the mix. And so that way then you sort of do get that sort of fast paced sort of delivery. And we sort of, and we operate in Kanban. So we were in Scrum when we first started just because of just that we needed structure because, you know, we needed to sort of hit deadlines, that sort of stuff. But now we're in sort of a campaign phase of our development um, and yeah, I think that's sort of at least what has worked so far generally for us has been that sort of autonomy um, mm-hmm. and ownership of of what they do. Yeah, I think um, a couple of things here. Like you know, uh, as Sonny mentioned earlier, uh, it can be an individual contributor, right? I mean, in a team, it could be the multiplier, it could be as a manager, it could be the multiplier. Um, I think the, the Crucial thing uh, in, in my view is like, you know, why a team exists, why the business operates uh, and sort of setting that context, right? Like in the context setting, uh, uh, that goes a long, long way because, um, you know, people come and go in a team, you know, they have their pre-notion of what what the company is, what the, what the team is, what we, you know, we're planning to do or build or maintain. So just giving that context and then, you know, as a leader, we have to sort of also reiterate, like, you know, once in a while, you know, every few months, you know, have, have a, you know, uh, uh, texting or so forth. And then, you know, reiterate the point, like why we as a business operate and, you know, what the role of the team. So um, that's sort of one of the things we could do. So people are not uh, uh, left with any ambiguity on, on their role or the team's role, uh, to, you know, taking away, you know, um, uh, the 
preconceived notion of, of their role. Um, the other other thing uh, I, I would say um, uh, is around, you know, as leader, you know, how far we sort of involve ourselves directly in, 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 in the team and then how much we delegate, right? Like, so there's a fine balance. And uh, Dom, you alluded to the point, like, you don't be, as leaders, you don't want to be the choke point, you know, like, you know, everything comes, bubbles up to the top and then you, you are there and you, yeah. uh, you know, and no one wants to hit by a bus, but, you know, it's just. Uh, <laughs> worst case scenario there, hopefully. Very worst case. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's the thing, you know, so um, finding the balance, right? Like, you know, finding the balance of, you know, what to delegate uh, and, you know, what, what you have to, you know, um, uh, involve yourself and, and sort of, you know, ha have an impact. Um, and on, also having a firm, you know, um, uh, career framework or engineering career framework, I think both for, you know, people management, you know, people as well as, you know, individual contributors. I think I've been slowly seeing in, in, in the Australian market, like it, it's not like in the, in the US or in, in North America where it's quite prevalent. Um, I think providing that opportunity for individual contributors, especially that they can play, a, you know, a wide role, right? Like, you know, and I think... Um, especially when, when we're looking at building software and, and whatnot, I think those roles definitely act as a multiplier in sort of, you know, avoiding teams repeating the same work and, and, and all across the board. Um, and as a leaders, you know, we, we can also um, um, provide the, the, the breadth of, you know, business that, that we, because we are, we are privy to a lot of information, we get exposed to different parts of the business, which individuals and and, um, and teams may not be quite you know, aware of. So I think providing that connection, you know, if, a, if an individual is, or if the team is thinking of building a framework, for example, you know, a simple library or a framework to do HTTP requests, for example, you could just, hey, that team has already done it, like, you know, you, just, you should talk to them, you know, that sort of, um, I think, you know, multiplication, you know, multiplying could, could go mean different things. And, you know, there, there are various approaches that we, we could, uh, as a leader, take in you know, to sort of, you know, um, improve that, you know. Thanks for sharing. It's very interesting. I guess um, the, the tips that you both shared was very interesting. And I can see that is happening with the team. Both like team are autonomous. At the same time, they're accountable for the work. One thing that we do from time to time is, yes, we need to have process in place. But from time to time, we have a we kind of review our processes or maybe have a retro on the process to see how well we are tracking. If there is anything that we need to adjust. And Manager don't take like make decisions collectively as a team. We make decisions, say that hey, maybe we need to do this. Let's try this and that, in a way that we don't disturb the whole momentum of the team. But we try to like every now and then we try to review our processes. And I guess if we have that, maybe they come feedback communication channel open for for the engineers to share to and be, and let you know the things that are not working. Even though because we may not be as detailed into day to day work, then we may we may not be across how DevLoops works, but they are the ones who are like dealing with it day by day. And they can tell you, hey, maybe we need to adjust this process. Maybe we need to do this. Let's have a chat with the team. So maybe they can, we can help them to encourage them to initiate these kind of processes. And I guess that, that I think will help, um, not putting a lot of burden on the engineers, but I guess that will help gradually because we are making each other's life easier, right? So we're making the engineer's life easier by like, helping to improve the process and let them know they can make these changes without checking with us, without like asking us to make a decision. They can um, practically make a call um, to see what 
best works for the team and for the project that they are working on. Yeah, also the as leaders, right? It's it's all about also about our behaviors, like the way we act and the way we mm. sort of uh, uh, show our emotion or approach a problem, right? Like yes, it, whether we like it or not, it team you know people see it, like the team see it, and um, uh, it's I think keep keeping keep keep keeping the calm and, and coolness. I think you know regardless of the circumstances as a leader. Uh, is again, you know, I see as a, you know, a, a driver for, you know, that multiplier factor we are talking about. Because um, if challenges will, will come all different shape or form internal or external, so it's as a leader, how we uh, translate or, uh, you know, surface that to the team is how the team would see it, right? Like they, they you know, say, um, it's just, you know, they, they say like, you know, uh, even if you're not in the room, you are shadow sort of in, in the room kind of a thing where, uh, you know, leader, as a leader, we we, we have a um, uh, lot more uh, responsibility than, you know, individuals, uh, the way we act and approach problem, the way we engage with the customer or stakeholders. I think, you know, that they, they, they pick up those cues. And I think that that sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, they, they take this as how they should approach things. Uh, I think as long as we are conscious about, you know, how, how we behave, I think, you know, it goes a long way. You know? Hundred percent. And also, we have responsibility to shield team from yes. all the okay. yes. <laughs> pressure that we may. Yeah, <laughs> it gets harder and harder when we have good. like you know um, multiple layers. You know, if it's a team of five and you're leading it fine, then ten, and then you have managers of manager. And once you sort of you know thrown mm-hmm. into that one, you sort of lose. You feel that you know you lost. You know what's happening on the ground. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, uh, keeping, you know, one foot there, one foot there, I think it always helps. Uh, um, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Always my philosophy, and I'm not sure whether it's proof for podcast, but I, I always believe you've got to get in there and shovel the shit. Um, so, do, <laughs> you know, basically do like the worst job that, you know, the intern's doing. And so, um, because otherwise there's, if you're not prepared to do it, why should someone else, right, is, is my mentality around all that sort of stuff. And so... Um, I'll get in there and I'll do the worst parts of the job quite regularly because uh, I sort of go, this is Someone's not above do it. <laughs> anyone. Someone, yeah, that's exactly, someone's going to do it. And it's not above anyone where, you know, and I think it's, you know, where you can, obviously there's some stuff like I just have no idea, right? But um, where I can, I'll get in there and I'll, and I'll do some of that stuff to understand that process, understand what, you know, what is it like to be an engineer in this particular space because it really is really that bad. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's the, some of the stuff I think uh, you've got to get in there, right? And I think that really gives that sort of um, that context. And like you lead them by example. Everyone's just like, if someone else comes along and says, oh, I don't want to do that, go, well, everyone else does it. You know, my boss does it, my leader does it. You know, that's just how we do it, right? And so it sets that expectation that um, everyone chips in together and there's none of this sort of like, oh, I don't touch that. That's above mm-hmm. me and that sort of stuff. Well, that's below me. Yeah, I think being good. there goes a long, long way. Just, just being there for the team. Right? Like, you know, when I've seen numerous times in my career, uh, whenever, you know, for example, incident happened, you know, you don't see leaders around, right? Like, you know, it's sort of, you know, you know push downwards and then things are left to, you know, I think just being there um, goes a long way. Some really good ideas from everyone there. I will lead us on to our last question for today, actually, which was put forward by Vasant on how, as leaders, do we balance the needs of our teams with the needs of the business? So, yeah, keen to hear your, thought, your thoughts. I think this is this is more interesting to me personally um, because of the change in environment. Like, you know, 
last couple of years, we I think as, as managers and leaders, we sort of uh, went on a wild ride, uh, um, hiring, attrition, you know, and, you know, what's all sort of thing, you know, like, you know, career progression, negotiation, but whatever you want to call it. Um, I think now, now it's it's a sort of you know, um, uh, interesting time. I think different uh, different sectors are uh, approaching this problem slightly differently. Uh, some wouldn't even say this is a problem. Some say it's an opportunity. So, uh, depending on what spectrum you know you you are and, and the company you work for, I think you know it's, it's a you know. Uh, but definitely, uh, Mira, you may have some interesting you know, <laughs> you know things to share uh, in, in this space. Uh, uh, but I think you know. I'm curious to sort of you know understand from from others like you know how, how what what you see um, in in in, uh, in the market and how the business you know approaches them, you know those those uh, change in environment versus what uh, you're hearing from the teams. Uh, so let me give me uh, give you some examples. So uh, if a if a if a set of individuals in a team are motivated uh, or to do one thing, but the business environment or context has changed since you know uh, in, the, in the last few months. You know how how do you balance? You know the that you know you're not letting the team down that by saying hey you shouldn't do that versus you know at the same time you can't you know ask the business to invest you know millions of dollars in, in building things which um, may work well what um, six months ago and you have a potential market and and and, and customer whereas now things have changed so. I think you know. I'm just curious to know, uh, uh, hear from others. Like you know, what what are you seeing in the uh, in the space, and you know, what what are your thoughts? I can jump in. Right, Dom, you want to take it? Oh yeah. Look, I think um, yeah. So obviously we have you know running context center and basically all, and that has all basically all of our customer acquiries. So for context, NIB realistically doesn't have any retail stores anymore. So we're all online and that sort of thing. So if you want to speak to someone, it's through us. And so there are a lot of business needs and business requests and um and yeah, it's been a it's been a, a bit of a juggling act because obviously when we started, we weren't responsible for that sort of space. And so there was a whole teams that were sort of the experts in that field and so we've sort of come in and sort of I guess taken over their turf and um sort of how we operate that sort of thing. And I think um I think part of it is uh, there's a give and take. So there are some things we have to do that we won't necessarily uh, agree with, um, but they're balanced by us also pushing and, and doing the stuff that's right for the product, right for the experience. Because obviously there's some things that purely like, you know, uh, for monetary reasons or for, you know, business process or for legal reasons, a lot of our stuff we have to do is for legal compliance and that sort of stuff. And so uh, I think it's that balancing act and making sure that the balance is always Realistically, I try to tip in the favor of, 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 of the customer and, and the experience. And so our team is very much customer focused. So if it's an improvement for the customer, regardless of whether it's NIB or not, then that's a good outcome. And so everyone's really passionate around that. And so, um, you know, and so that's the balancing act that we have. And so we always make sure that the scales at least tip somewhat more to the customer. And then it just means if we do a, a large chunk of business work and we do then do a corresponding bigger chunk of customer facing uh, customer impact process you know experience work on the other side so it balances that component out or makes it tip further that way so um yeah we generally do um you know we do a fair bit of customer business you know business facing work that's just not great or we're like oh you know um and i think that's uh, is making sure that 
we and we uh, show like oh you know for the next two months you're unfortunately going to have to be doing a whole bunch of not fun stuff but after this you know roadmap we've got the next three or four months of you know new product development or um you know we're going to uplift a really old piece of code and move it to a new framework and that sort of stuff so they can see there's something to focus on and something to to work forward to um because i think if you don't have that then you can't get that sort of immediate thing people will kick their wheels because then i actually find people burn through that business work quicker because they want to get to the good stuff right and so um it's that way then and i sort of i sort of put i bundle it up so i'll, so I'll go to the business and go right you know let's get all your requirements all your features that sort of stuff and we'll, i'll pull it all in and we'll sort of just burn through it in one hit right and then we're going right we're not going to do anything for like two months and that doesn't always work, but we try at least to try and do that so we can give people the space then to do what they're really passionate about. And um, but I think partly as well is that as over time we've taken more control over our products, and so we're so like for, our teams are end-to-end product teams. So I have designers, engineers, data analysts, so we do all the reporting as well. So we ship all the data out of it. Um, we do all the experience, we do all the testing. Um, so and we have all those. So we basically own it end-to-end. So we can sort of just somewhat dictate sometimes around how we're going to operate um but yeah initially it was it was very much um sort of that light at the end of the tunnel and you were never getting there you were just constantly there's like oh, more 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 of that sort of stuff and so but with over time and that's with backing as well from leaders above myself um, and also myself just going i'm not doing that like you can take them to the cleaners if you want to but we're not doing that sort of work and then they'd go oh actually it's not that valuable and so it's sometimes challenging some of the work that's put forward because they go oh, this is how we've always done it and they go that doesn't stack up though, right? Like it's just because you've always done it doesn't mean we're going to continue doing it. Um, and so uh, I think that's just, you know, there's a multitude of ways to, I guess, approach it. But um, I think it's also sometimes, and I just run on my gut, sometimes I'll just be like, does this, this is past the smoke test? No, nah, we're not doing this. Like, and, and, and so I'll just call people out on it and sometimes they'll go, yep, I don't want to do it. And other times they'll take me to, take me to the cleaners and I'll go, Oof, that didn't work out and I'll end up doing the work. So, um yeah it's a i know i'm not sure like somebody like how you have had this sort of experience or you know in your current role or previously oh previously as an individual contributor i definitely had that problem <laughs> but uh being a consultant we i guess we had that like we you can push back if you think it's not viable to finish it early on but now that i'm in different or maybe in the other side i guess one thing that i there are two aspects uh, i was Curiously listening to both you, uh, you, Dom and Avasan, uh, it's like two aspects. The team needs, whereas we started talking about the individual within the team. So there are two things, I guess. I will, I'll start with the team side. I'll try to keep it short. I tend to talk a lot. So, Mira, feel free to cut mm, in. You're okay. Um, <laughs> from the team side, I guess, uh, yes, there are sometimes we are like at a, like a time-sensitive project. So we want all hands on deck to make sure that the project delivers in time. And at the same time, teams you have to save the team from the pressure that are they are getting at they cannot maybe the work is, in, is not interesting for some individual right so what do you want to do with those in the ideal words you have like in any individual they might get like five percent of their time they can work on learning new skills or they they work on their development plan or development goal. so technically that's the ideal scenario but when you're smashing through tickets, you don't have time, you're working against a hard deadline, you don't have those time, you don't have the luxury of time to spend, so you have to change your priority. I guess as a manager, we just need to recognize that is happening, and it is. it might be maintained for like six months, but beyond that, 
team is going to be impacted. They're going to be over, they're going to burn out. It's going to, they're going to lose their motivation. So I guess we have to be, as a leader, we have to be very mindful, even though aside from the main project of work, they may have, as you mentioned, on dealing with lots of customers or, or maintaining or supporting the existing production services that you have. So there are like on calls. So it's just any, there are many things that an engineer does within your team which doesn't consider as a part of the main feature work. I guess as a manager, we just need to recognize that. So at least the, the team knows that you understand the pressure that they are on and you're trying and you're doing your best to maybe um, remove or take that load out of, of the team. So I guess the pushback that we can as a manager have, if there's a new work coming, we can say, okay, the team doesn't have enough capacity to take on a new work, or we maybe we need to push back on the deadline. We mean just need to create that balance with the team to make sure that they don't burn out. And at the same time, we create a good quality of the work. So the products that we are building should have enough good quality uh, to begin with. So without compromising um, the, the team health, the quality of the work, I guess you just, it, just, it is hard to find the right balance, but by, but I think as a leader, we can do some stuff to maybe starting by pushing back, saying no. This is the hardest thing that I have. I'm practicing to say no to people. Uh, I guess that will kind of help. And at the same time, encourage a team member to say no if they have a lot on their plates. Not not, not going towards the slacking of the work, but like having the right balance. You know, as because you're part of every meeting, you know who's doing what. So you kind of understand if they are like have a lot on their plate so you can kind of create that balance. I uh, will add one more note and then I'll wrap it up. <laughs> As an individual, I guess, one thing that I think, again, in the short term might help, for example, if the work is not interesting, maybe as a manager, we can try to find opportunities with other teams within the organization so that that individual can go on a secondment. So maybe we can actively look for those and we let the individual know, hey, I'm looking to find opportunities for you. So once this main project is done, you have the option to go and explore and maybe um, find another experience within the organization. So having that, I guess, will help. Again, finding the right balance is hard. I'm working on it. But I just, that was my two cents on No, awesome. And I think just one thing to add as well, when you are implementing change to your team is just like the transparency behind it. I think people just want to feel in the loop. So if you're making a change that's going to benefit the business, but maybe not your engineers are going to have to work on something, a lot of support or a change to what they originally thought. I think just keeping everyone up to date and kind of explaining the why behind it is so important too. 100% transparency goes a long way. Yeah. But I'll, I'll let Vasant yeah, yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. One thing I say is, you know, um, making the team or individual part of the business, you know, making them realize that they are part of the business, right? It's not us versus them or you versus them. It's just, you know, we are the business, you know, you know we, are, we, are, we are playing our role, different functions are playing their role. I think, you know, making people and team realize that we are the business, you know, uh, things, a lot of companies have grown internally from ideas, you know, that, uh, so I think, you know, setting that, you know, they're part of the business and, you know, they have the influence to change. And then, uh, as you said, like in providing that transparency of, you know, why we are doing things in a way uh, and how we can pass them and vice versa. So it's always key. Yeah. 100%. Thanks so much. Some really great points from everyone today. So we'll leave it there. There's so much <laughs> There's so much we could talk about. Um, but I'd like to just say a big thanks again to Vasant, Dom and Sami for sharing your thoughts and ideas and hope everyone enjoyed listening. 